Welcome back to another episode of the RAG Report podcast, my daily bulletin show where I bring to you recruitment owners, uh, suppliers, advisors, even investors to the global recruitment industry who are prepared to give up their time to tell stories, share their expertise and help us all get through this pandemic together. Today, I'm excited to be joined by David St. Martin. David the Saint, as he's known online, is the founder of Bailey Jude, a specialist independent recruitment business headquartered in Essex focusing on marketing and creative positions. I've known David from a, for a long time, from the, the very early days of, of Hoxhill Media. He's one of the first people to ever comment on my content, both on Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, and then we got to know each other through the TRN. And I've always, I've always loved his approach and his honesty. David's been someone who's always been very honest, both online and offline, about what's going on. Um, I know his business has had ups and downs and there's been all sorts going on and um, I'm super excited to find out more online and tell you guys as well. Before I do, I want to mention a word from our sponsor today, that's Rise Recruitment Ventures. Rise, as you may now know, are the, the newest investment business on the market that are helping both startups and early stage recruitment businesses scale and exit. These guys have done it before. They built Liquid Personnel, a social care recruitment business headquartered in Manchester, over 10 years and sold for over 20 million. They're now offering both capital and expertise to grow world-class recruitment companies that do scale and exit. If you're a founder or an aspiring founder and think they, that you might be interested to have a chat, then reach out to www.riserv.co.uk and they'll give you a call and talk you through the process. Okay, let's get back to the show. David, welcome to The Rag Report. Sean, thank you. What, what, a, what an intro as well. I'm really, uh, really pleased with that. But before we start, can I just give you kudos? Because, you know, since day one, um, that the impact you and the team have had on this sector has been transformational. It really has. And the consistency that you do to build up the knowledge base of not only business owners, but also for, you know, recruiters aspiring to become an owner is it, fantastic. So well done to you and the team as well. Thank you, mate. I appreciate it. It's genuinely like, um, I, I look at it like this, this sector changed my life, right? The, the truth is it changed my life. I was a, I was a school teacher who uh, grew up in a, in a, I wasn't from a, the worst background in any way, but I definitely grew up in a community where, you know, being a professional businessman wasn't even really an option. I didn't know, I, I, I honestly, I've said it loads of times. I used to think that the word businessman was a job title. I thought you had to be a businessman. If you wore a suit and had a briefcase, you were a businessman. Yep. And, uh, recruitment changed my life. When I, I fell into it in Australia, and it, it, it turned me into a different person. It, it was the first thing I ever really excelled and just became like the best version of myself. So um, I'm super passionate about helping other people make the most of it. Um, but look, this, is, this episode's about you. So um, look, the, the first question in every RAG report, Paint the picture. I mean, you're in a pink room if anyone's watching on YouTube. So can you just give us a, 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 an overview of what your life's like right now? Well, other than the man chores that has enabled me to, to paint the room pink, thanks to my wife. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's been, I mean, look, first and foremost, I know we're going to talk about, you know, business and, and the bigger picture. Like it naturally goes out that anyone has lost livelihoods and lives, you know, my heart just goes out. So Genuinely, you know, that, that, that's, that's always at the forefront. But for, for me, it, it's been an opportunity for me to start to identify areas of my business where 
I've always worked in the business. You know, it's a small business. We'll go into details about Bailey Jude shortly, but I've always worked in the business. And with that, I've not necessarily had the opportunity to work on it. Yeah. You know, the kind of larger headlines, you know, more of the strategic things that I want to do because I kind of get caught up in the, the 360 mode of, of recruitment. So this has been an amazing opportunity for me to start looking at new technical stack that I put into the business, which I know is going to transform what the, the longer term play of Bailey Jude is, which is great. And, you know, look, I've done this for 23 years now. So I've heard a few of your recent podcasts about, you know, the old boy, the, you know, the old season recruiter. That's me, you know, <laughs> sending out fax machines or fax CVs back in 97. Thankfully, we've evolved a little bit since then. Bit, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been a, a real good time to start reflecting. You know, spending quality time with my my ten year old boy. So having to homeschool as well as as well as you know work on the business has been an interesting. How are you, how are you even like managing that? Because I've got as you you know I've got Henry the bulldog. Yep. I've got my wife who she's busy but not like not completely busy. So she loves a chat about random shit at any time she can, any time that comes into her head. And I, and I talk freely because she doesn't listen to this show. I talk I've yeah. many times. Great man. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd get a clip if she listened. Um, but the truth is, I even, I, even, I'm finding that hard myself. So how the hell are you coping homeschooling and, and the rest of that? So what, so thankfully I've got my, my, my wife, she's put up with me for 25 years now, how she's done that. I don't know, but just before the whole pandemic kicked off, she, she picked up a, a global uh, role or a global uh, contract with an energy company. So although lockdown happened, she's literally on calls from eight in the morning till seven at night. So as much as we try and balance it out, so I'll kind of pre-plan and prep everything for my little man to make sure that, you know, come nine o'clock, we're in school mode. He goes off to the side and he's that looking. I mean, look, I know you as a teacher, Hats off to you because I've, I've, you know, I do have a patience of a saint, but yeah. trying to sit down and, you know, study uh, my boy and he, he's 10. So, you know, we're not talking about algebra at this stage, but, you know, even some of the things oh, that they're learning, I'm you like. Say that. You say that. Some of the stuff they get in like primary school and later, yeah. it's really like, we don't even think at that level anymore. Like no. we, and you think, well, is it, I don't even know if it's practical to think at that level, but. Um, it it's must beyond be, me. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? It is. So, so. Thankfully, you know, having that organized day works. But then the fact is, you know, I've never been a nine to five guy anyway. So, you know, of a night time, that's when I'm starting to really make sure that I'm making inroads into the business, making sure that the, 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 day, the day job, in essence, gets done throughout the day. But I think everyone will probably resonate with the fact that although you're working from home, every single person I speak to is like, look, I'm, I'm putting in 12, 12 hour days. Because you just, you know, you've never been able to log off anyway because you've got all the mobile devices and you're always checking, you know, checking on social. But suddenly when you're, everything's set up indoors, it is, it, that, that for me has been the challenge. And yeah. I'm sure a lot of people will realize, you know, when you, when you, especially LinkedIn, it's that rabbit hole, isn't it? You know, you check one post, you give a bit of an appreciation for someone. And then the next thing, like an hour later, you're still, you're still scrolling down. Like, so I've really had to make sure I go into, say, LinkedIn, for example, do what I got to do, and I leave. And, you know, it's... Um, LinkedIn's hard, though, because there's, you know, as more people create content in this sector and, and in your own sectors, it is, it, there's more to watch, there's more to engage with. I remember when I was in recruitment, it was like, you know, I was uh, recruitment into the insurance market. I went on there to search for people. I didn't write anything. I put jobs up, and that was about it. I didn't, I didn't have any of my competitors on 
on my LinkedIn. I didn't even like, I didn't know anyone else in recruitment, but the agency I work for. So there was none of this, like what is Sean Anderson or Mark Gaysford or James Osborne. And I didn't know any of that. Right. I had no idea. Like I remember getting told about like the RDLC and the TRM when I first set Hockthorpe and I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, I have no idea. Um, and now it's like a TV show. LinkedIn's like a TV show. Yep. It's like you could, it's like YouTube. You can get lost in it. Yep. I, and I find myself getting lost in it still. But um, so, you, so you, at night then, so what time do you log in and start like, like engaging with candidates and stuff? Like, how does that even work? So, the, so we'll be completely honest in terms of how the market is. So although I concentrate on marketing and creative, it, it, it's pretty much like nothing's happening at all. Anything that's happening is really kind of loosely based around making sure you, you know, you set touch point, isn't it? You know, we can't just, you know, no one's making sales calls and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say something quite loaded. I'm sure there'll be some kickback. Everyone complains that you shouldn't be making sales calls in this pandemic. But if I was an estate agent selling houses, I'm not going to leave that house sitting there idle. So what I'm right now trying to do is to make sure that I'm still talking to talent. I'm still finding out their aspirations, their goals, what they want, how they want to do it, where they want to go. And then making sure that, you know, there's nothing wrong with, and with some of the tech that I've got, it makes it a little bit easier around video tech, but there's nothing wrong with saying to a client, look, I'm just checking in, how you doing? But also, I don't know, because I don't know where their business is at. They may have furloughed everyone, or they may all be working from home, but they still need to attract the right talent. So if I have the, the mindset of, I can't sell or can't make speculative CV sends, then I may be losing out on the, on the talent that I've got. So, um, I know people may say that you just can't sell, but it, you know, Mate, I'm, I'm, I'm totally on your page. I think, um, yeah. I think the way you sell needs to be con uh, consistent and consistent of the economy and what's going on. But sit here and go, well, I ain't going to sell now the, the lockdown. I think mm -hmm. you're, you're basically giving up. And, and again, sell, you can only sell to someone who wants to buy something anyway. So otherwise Absolutely. you're just having a fucking chat with someone who, and, it, and you, like you do, you chat breeze. It's not right now. Great. But if you're the kind of aggressive idiot that, ram something down someone's throat that they're not interested in no chance and yeah i mean i've had loads of spec cvs from marketing recruitment agencies recently about you know sending me people on the market and i've got no problem with it mm -hmm. because i'm not hiring them but i've got I, I know what you're trying to do i get it i've been there um so look, I, I, I take my hat off let's go let's go back um so bailey jude when did you when did you start the business so that was in the summer of 2015 Okay. And it was purely going to be a lifestyle business. I had no plans to build it at all. Uh, I say at that point, you know, been in, been in recruitment for 17, 18 odd years, whatever it was. And I, I just, I just enjoy the market. What know? made you set up? Why did you take the plunge? Uh, so I had a, uh, had a previous business before with a business partner. We ran that for five and a half years. Um, it, it, it was only ever kind of the two of us. And, you know, the difficulty is that sometimes you just you just fall out. You fall out of love with um, each other. Or, you know, we're talking about you know business partner, not not yeah. you know anything else. But you fall you just fall out of love, and you, you kind of seem to go in a, in a different direction. And I I I just weren't. I'm sure he wasn't prepared to carry on going on that on that road. So made a choice, clo clo close the doors and, and reset up. So. So as I say, that, that, that was back in 2015, and it was only in 2017 that, so I live out in a, in a leafy village in Essex, and uh, the nearest city to us is Chelmsford. 
I decided to then think, right, let's now set up an office and start giving opportunities to younger individuals that may not have an opportunity to get into recruitment. because They don't want to go to London. Uh, they, they don't come from a, a recruitment background, but they do come from sales. So I then made, and I look back and I reflect about the mistakes I made, and I'll put my hand up and I, I know the mistakes I made, and no doubt we'll touch upon that. But I, the decision I made that was wrong is it was in an old leafy market town where there was no train station. I had to rely on people to get to me either bus or, or train. It overlooked the river. We had a lovely pub, you know, opposite. So in the summers, it was brilliant. Open up the balcony doors and it, you know, it could have fitted 20 people in there. But that's a mistake I made yeah. because my boys' school was around the corner. It was four miles from home. And I got lost in the... Well, I was seduced because of the big office, the you know audacious plans to grow. I can do this. You know, I've done it way back before. Yeah. You know, you know when I was working for a, for a corporate. And actually, you know what? It didn't happen. So I made that decision in December last year, and it was a tough decision to, you know, the, the staff numbers had dwindled. I didn't reinvest into the business in terms of bringing in uh, new new people to the business because I knew that I wanted to kind of change the model slightly. And then, therefore, 31st of December 2019, I was able to, to relinquish that office. But again, one of the biggest mistakes, and you know, anyone out there that started up the business, you know, I, I didn't have the guidance around me in terms of you know, that, that um, account or that just leveraging advice from. So if I'd have said to one of my you know, good friends that has multiple businesses, look, I'm going to sign up a six-year lease, like, and I've, I've only been running for two years and I'm doing okay, thank you. The, the, the feedback would have been, what the hell are you doing? Why, why would you sign a six-year lease? Although you had break clauses, you know, year two and year four, why would you do that? But no, I just went both feet in. So, um, so I've, but I've learned a lot from that. And um, Let's go back. So when you got in that lease, right, you're in this beautiful market town, even though yep. it's, it might not be like, but you, I'm sure you got excited about it, right? Then you turn up on, Day one, and it's just you. Mm-hmm. This big old big room. What was what was that like? Like, how did you even so operate in a big twenty man space on your own all day? Yeah, so it, 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 I, I pushed quickly to to build the team. So, I the first person I got was an apprentice, just in terms of the the, the research piece, doing a bit of the social media stuff, and then literally I took on four uh, four sales individuals. Some were brand new, out of the box, no recruitment at all. Um, you know, someone that came in that had, you know, 15 years of recruitment experience, but this is where I messed up my, my DNA in terms of everything I do from, from a recruitment standpoint has always been creative and marketing. I've never gone left or right of that. You know, that, that's always been my niche. I've been comfortable with that. However, I got, uh, when I, when I look at, and I laugh, I laugh at it because I look back to some of the discussions I had about, well, I want to try this market selling, uh, letting agents into estate agencies. You know, I had one guy that came to me that come from an immigration background and I'm like, yeah, but Hey, you know what? He's got loads of experience. He's going to hit the ground running. I'm going to suddenly, you know, start seeing some cash come through. What it, and it is, 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 is BS mate. It really is because if I was that focused on, this is the, the DNA of the business. This is exactly where you have to be and be proud of what your niche is. Th- that's what you should have stuck to. So yeah. I think that is such a, such a pertinent point. Like opportunity cost is probably the thing that plays on entrepreneurs' minds. Like 
could, but I could do that. But this could work. But look at how many people are in this market. I remember when it started Hoxo, the same thing. Like, I think another guy from an estate, I got an estate agency lead and they were like, yeah, we're part of a bigger group. You know, you do well with us. You could be working with 50 estate agencies. And I was like, wow, this could be cool. So I was like, Hoxo could have a, you could find a Sean Anderson who's from the, the property space and he could face that off. And mm-hmm. what happened, I mean, we didn't work with them and it was like, the, F, the energy to do that, I was like, it's just, it, it com- the complexity of your business just goes tenfold. Yeah. And you look at recruitment companies that bolt on individuals with a different market, and I get why they do it. It can, it can drive cash in, it can bring alternative, but then you lack that synergy and that team vibe and that the brand message just disappears, doesn't it? The only thing that unites yeah. you is that you do recruitment, not that you have any, you can't even share clients or share yeah. candidates. It, so, how did that evolve then? You got you've got four four people in an apprentice. I was what, what, what went on? Yeah. There? So we we got we got to a stage where we had eight in total in the business and a mixture of a couple of seasoned recruiters or certainly with experience, not in yeah. not in the marketplace, um, administrator, research or resources. And I, I I knew pretty soon on that it just wasn't right. So the so since kind of since last year, so we're not you know still still had the team. I had to make some choices around. Well, what's the value proposition? What not the mission statement? What what's what's the value of what wanting to work for you know the business? Um, and you know from from a, an aspirational standpoint and a talent standpoint and even having empathy. And when I then looked around some of the people in in the business, I'm like, well, you don't bring empathy to the table. Yep, you're a sales individual, but ultimately, you know, I, I need this to be a really cohesive environment to, to, to thrive in. So, so la- let's say last year, you know, it, we, we, we dwindled. So, you know, some of the people that were there weren't there that long. So we're now talking, you know, 2018 into 19. And I, I kind of deep down knew in the summer of last year that I, I just had to, I, I had to change things up. Did you? Because I, I, I wasn't happy. Did you enjoy management? Is that... And when she got into having eight people, how did you feel? Is it because this is something that a lot of a lot of top billers go into? Right, mm-hmm. start my own agency, but didn't necessarily manage many people in the in the other agency, and then they they on their own cash they're going to do that, and they're going to learn out, and they, you know it ain't for everyone, right? But what what was your experience like of having other people to to feed and, and think about? So when I go back to to my my corporate days, uh, where I spent ten years ten years there, I left as a, a director of EMEA. You know, had there was a team of twenty-five in the end, and obviously some senior managers underneath that, and, and I loved it. But I wasn't billing. But the, the challenge that there now, or certainly then, I had in terms of Bailey Jude was the fact that I'm still a three sixty recruiter. I've still I've got clients that have followed me now for 14, 15 years, and I'm on a tier one tier one list. But and I, I can't pass it across because the type of um, type of roles that they are, and I can't teach someone that I've I've I'd had for some time. Um, I, 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 lo- I, I love the management piece, but then equally, I, I then had to back up with, well, I've got, I've got to do it all myself as well. So I, I think it's hard. It's really difficult to have a great sales individual that also wants to manage and do it as effectively. Something has to give. Mm. And for me, on reflection, and you know, my, my, my wife, she, she, she was part of the business for, for a little while. She said, you know, you was, you was never this soft. You know, when when you, when you had staff, you know, she remembers me coming coming home and how you know my corporate days, just how much I was like, oh, this has happened, that's happened. I'm like, but when it's my own business, 
I felt compelled to make sure every single person that worked there had a lovely experience, which is good. And, you know, we're all about empathy and value of a business and making sure that the dynamics is exactly how it should be. But when someone isn't necessarily doing what they could or should be doing, and you're still, you know, being, you know, your, your best friend, you know, that, that, that for me, you know, I've, I've managed to anchor down now and go, right, that, that didn't work. But I know for next time that it, that it could work. A quick interruption of the episode to bring to you a message from our second sponsor, which is Odro. Odro, as most of you probably know, is the world's most powerful all-in-one video interview platform for recruiters. Used by thousands of recruiters worldwide and with some of the industry's biggest names amongst its client base, Odro is a video interview platform. It was developed specifically to help agencies increase their revenues. The most innovative solution on the market, Odro's software helps recruiters to engage more talent, reduce time to hire, and most importantly, it helps you win business. You'll even get the ROI back from investing in Odro within just 45 days. It's designed to benefit everyone in the process. So from recruiters to clients to candidates, Odro's platform is improving the hiring process one interview at a time. We chose to partner with Odro because we felt like both brands, Hoxo and Odro, were in such a clear alignment in the way that we approach everything we do and how passionate we are about helping this industry grow. If you want to find out more about how Odro can help your agency transform its process and win more business, win exclusivity and drive revenue, then click the link on the podcast notes and every social post that goes out and they will, you will get a call back by one of the Odro guys. They're, they are awesome and I'm sure they'll be able to offer some amazing value to your business. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. So you've, you've got yourself whittled down to the bare bones of yourself and no office just before this pandemic hit. So you, well, how did that make you feel when everything went into lockdown? You must have been sighing a bit of relief that, because it had been a year or two ago, it had been a completely different story for you. Oh, massively. So I, as soon as it happened, and again, talking about, you know, I know people have lost lives and livelihoods, but as soon as it happened, I, I, the, the disappointment faded. And what I mean by that is, you know, January the 1st, 2020, knowing that I no longer had this big expense of an office, a thousand square foot office, you know, as much as I was relieved to relinquish it, I was disappointed because again, the plans, the, the ambition I had to grow that business was still there, you know, in, in the new year. Um, thankfully, I've got some amazing people in my peer group that I've had some discussions with, again, pre-lockdown. Pre and it was then the, look, things happen. You know, um, like Matthew Syed, you know, you, you've met him, you know, Black Box Thinking, his new book, Rebel Ideas. You know, yeah. he said success can only come when we confront our, uh, our mistakes. And I know that the mistakes that happened, but I've confronted it now and also know that where, where I can push things forward. Look, I still love recruitment. I, used to, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it for 23 years if not. But this has also given me that renewed faith to know, look, I thoroughly enjoy doing what I do. And it's not to say that I'm not going to create a brand new model where, you know, and I, there's some really great people in our network. We know, know of them, the likes of a Chris Redmond that has now identified a model that's going to really work and amplify his business doesn't need an office space um just needs people to actually want to work in an environment that they that they can thrive uh, thrive in so well it's just interesting like joe mullings on the very first rag report yep. said 
of all he's the an interesting character, isn't he? I love Joe Mullins. He's he's a he's a shining light in my opinion. I think he's amazing. But in terms of um, the one phrase he said that really stuck with me was, if you look at our sector and you look at what we do, of all the careers you could have, there's not many that are set up to as well to be remote. Like you know, you genuinely the barrier what is a mobile phone, a fucking computer, and a, and, and LinkedIn and a. Yep. And a hundred pound a month database or whatever. Like, all right, there's loads more to it, of course, or else we wouldn't exist. <laughs> um, but, but the point is, there is no physical asset we produce. We don't make things. We don't produce things. We we broker deals. We barter. We 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 engage. We bring people together. So, it it's it's, it's crazy. But in a way, it's uh, it's going to be a really interesting revolution that's coming through as a result of. It was already going to happen. It's just been fast forwarded. Um, a few years, I reckon. But do you not feel now as well that we're, we're irrelevant if you're a one 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 person army or you're you know a large conglomerate of you know three four hundred staff? What I've really noticed is everyone is on exactly the same playing field right now. Yeah, 100%. because you know they they don't have the ability like like if you're you know, instinctively if you're a field salesperson and you just thrive on going out there having you know, 50 meetings a week, you know, for you now to work from home by yourself, of course, it's really difficult. Um, and of course, you feel for the, the big businesses that have these massive uh, office spaces. But as you say, it's, it now comes down to, well, we are, we are perfect in what we do. I know we say we don't offer a, a product, but the value of what we do as a business in recruitment is, is beyond. You know, I, I've, I, I know it's going to slow down. We know it's going to slow down inevitably. But I also think if you've got the ability, the desire, the focus and the hard work, you're going to get through it. I, I honestly think the only way that you'll get through, every individual in this industry needs to think is how can I help the, 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 the niche focus I've got as much as I can. And yeah. that, will, that will lead to me making as much money as there is out there now but also a hell of a lot more in the future. Like if you, if you, if you sit on your ass now and don't invest in the time to, to really get to, to connect with people in your own market, you know, and, and, and yeah, don't, don't necessarily, you can you sell or not? Well, of course you can, but even when there's no sell to be had, still engage, still have the conversations, yep. still put people together because it will come back and they'll go, well, Hell, David was the guy who he wouldn't. He, he was all over me when it when times were tough. Mm -hmm. the, the biggest problem in our industry is we've only ever been all over people when things are good. We we are all over the best candidate. The guy I had on yesterday's episode, um, Pete Sanders, talks about he's got this candidate experience business, and I thought it was yeah. brilliant because he talks about how many candidates. You know, we can all get recommendations from the guys we place. What about the guys who we didn't place? What about the guys who and how many recruiters drop them like it's hot? And then expect to ring them up again if the role's more relevant. It's, it, it really is um, about this time now is about thinking about your business as a as a digital product where you can yeah. you can talk to as many people in the market in the right market and offer them consistent value. Uh, in my opinion, otherwise, it's going to be even harder. Um, what? Tell me a bit about the, um, the, the how did it affect you mentally. And how did it affect you as a, as a father and a husband when your business was going through such difficulty? Because I know personally, like, I've only got so much focus. I, I, when my business is humming, but my relationships aren't, there's, there's something has to go. Like, there'll always be a, you know, there's always a side effect. 
I talked about it last year when I was getting married, I was going through all sorts of shit before the wedding with my wife. We weren't even getting on for like three months before the wedding. It's crazy, right? And we had all these people flying over from Turkey. Crazy. And we weren't even, we, there was one point we nearly canceled the whole thing. And she wouldn't even mind me telling you this. Like we were, we weren't even getting on. And I was like, and then I'm trying to build this business. And I'm like, I don't know. It just, it got all too much for me. So for you, what you've got, a, you've got a son to, who, who needs nurturing. You've got a wife there that's got her own job and needs you to support her. And you've got this business. How did you cope? So it all really kicked in, I uh, probably guess July last year. Um, when I, so a, f- a few, a few things happened. Won't go into too much detail, but, but it, but it hit me for six. And at the time, I just started working with um, an accountability coach or, or a partner, really, um, over in Canada. And right. like, I've known this guy for a couple of years. And, you know, the whole th- his whole kind of uh, foundation of what he does is about building resilience. I'm like, listen, brilliant product, love it, but it's just not for me. This, this situation happened in the summer of last year and hit for six. So... We, we kind of connected. He then was able to, to help me kind of coach and guide me through, look, these are certain things. These are certain um, parameters you, you have to, you have to adopt, but all, you know, going through, let's be fair modules and talking one-on-ones and identifying that actually things are not as bad as what they seem. It's just a setback, but actually, you know, you can use that as a, as a step up. Look, every single buzzword in the world made no difference because I'm the one at that moment that's actually like, you know, going through it. So I, I'm, I've always been a firm believer that you, you can't have that equal balance, you know, like, so if my body's in shape and it's not 45 and it's like sitting down to put my socks on. So before, before that, but I think if you're, if your body's right and your mind's right, something may, may give, it may be that your relationships or your business isn't right. Or if you're really hitting it hard on, on business and you're having a really active social life, then your relationship at home may, may suffer. And I've never been one to balance that. Um, and again, Andrew Silito, you know, he wrote that book, Before Keys, which is a brilliant book. Um, and, and that's exactly what it is, is the, your body, your relationship, your mindset, and your business. Um, but I, you know, I, I felt like a failure because I had to relinquish something that I wanted to really build. You know, then trying to come home with a big smile on my face to my family, going, no, all good, happy days, you know, not sleeping, you know, the pressures of knowing that I had to make some really tough choices to people's livelihoods. You know, I, I've, I never wanted to, to have staff employed with me for me then to not have them stay with me. And again, there's, there's an argument to be had that actually, you know what, well, if you're there to do a job, you do the job. But if you're not, if, you, if you're not performing in, yeah, something's got to give. It um, doesn't easier, does it? No, absolutely. So I, it, it, it was a real struggle. And as I say, like even, even now, I'm in, in a so much better place in terms of, you know, what I've done in lockdown. You know, I've made sure that my, my mindset is as focused as it can be in terms of the day-to-day stuff. I'm doing activities probably similar to you, you know, getting up earlier than what I need to. Um, I've not reached the, the Mark Wahlbergs at 3.30 in the morning. That's just ridiculous. But, yeah. you know, get, get, getting up at five and just spending that time to, you know, reflect, get a little bit of a sweat on um, and, and, and read, it, it, it's made a difference. But I will learn from what happened last year to enable me to then make myself a stronger person. But look, adversity is always going to happen to all of us. You know, in one way, shape or another, something happens, but it's how we react to it. 
is. I don't think if, you, if you've got next, you don't yeah. know there's anything around the corner. I, I, I'd look at back on my lifestyle in that six months before and after the wedding, and I think compared to now, it's two different people. Like, I'm up at, again, like you, I'm up at five this morning. I was doing I did a 20 minute Joe Wicks, followed by a 20 minute yoga. There's a woman called Sarah Beth Yoga on YouTube. Okay, I've got found it, and it's awesome. She's just, I don't know, there's something about. I've watched a few yoga videos and they just piss me off. Like there's too much talking and I can't listen, watch and do the exercise at the same yeah, time. Yeah. Cause this one, I don't, she's just really calming and she explains it in a way that I get it. So anyway, I've, I've enjoyed that. Um, then I had my, you know, I read my book, had my breakfast, took my dog out for a walk, did an hour's work and it wasn't even quarter past eight. And I was like, crazy. mental. Anyway, so a year ago leading up to the wedding, I was probably drinking three or four nights a week. Not a lot, but like a few beers. Mm-hmm. Trying to stay out after work and just, you know, very yep. much. And then I was waking up about seven, half seven. And because where I live compared to the office is not far. It's 25 door to door on the on the central line. So if I want to be in at half eight, realistically, I can be out the door in half an hour. I could be in the, I could, I could be up at half seven and in the office for half eight comfortably. So I was kind of getting into that habit of doing it, which for me, if I looked myself two years before, I was back where I am now. So it's like, life's going to go through, you're going to go through those waves and you've got to be, you've got to give yourself a bit of slack, I think. Yeah, you, you do, you do. And it, it's all, you, you, you've got to evolve, haven't you? You've got to make sure that you just continue to go, look, am I happy right now where I'm at? And at the moment, you might be happy. Um, but I just don't think there's that pressure anymore that you've got to do everything that, that you read. Um, or, you know, other, well, for, for, I'm talking about for me now, it's just noticing the joy in some of the stuff I'm doing. And that's one thing I've found, to so go back to your question about how I felt, now how I feel is I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I'm loving the fact that like, I'm never going to have an opportunity again to spend 10 weeks with my boy. Never. You know, unless I take a sabbatical and, you know, we end up in core food for 10 weeks, which would be nice. But, you know, I'm, I'm really looking at every opportunity that I've had over the last, you know, since lockdown just to make sure that we're really, you know, that I can look back and, and he said, look, Dad, really proud of how we, how we bonded even more, you know, so over that time. Do, realistically, I don't know about your wife's job. That might be it. But like, I don't, I don't know about you, but this has taught me like this time next year, if, the, if things are back to normal, why couldn't you go and get an Airbnb in the Algarve for mm-hmm. six weeks like, and have, and just move your business there, do everything you're doing here, have your boy, you know, and, and you, if your wife's got, a, can do the work remotely, I mean, I think there'll be so much more of that, like, yep. because I, I don't know about you, I'm getting really used to waking up with the weather like this. Like, it's been amazing for, what, six, seven weeks. So it's, if, 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 we, if it suddenly turns in June, July, and it becomes that like classic rainy, muggy summer in the UK, yeah. you know what, it won't be the same. So it's kind of got me thinking, if I could next year go to, my wife's from originally a family of all Turkish, right? We could get a place, an Airbnb in Turkey on the, on the sea for, I don't know, a couple of months. And I'll still fly back when I need to. I'll do my videos. I'll do my work. I'm, I'll be I'll be in on in the business every day. But do I need to be here? Like that's the difference. That's it's changed. Difference. I wasn't thinking like that six weeks ago. No chance. Whereas now yeah. I am. Now I am. It's exciting. And I think it's what you said earlier about you know the the, the one thing I'm really working towards now, and it, I've had some help with people in in my, in my group, is trying to do that digital campaign, that digital that full service digital offering because. This, this is taught clients. I mean, look, you, you think back, like, so December, you know, finding some brilliant talent for clients and look, sorry, Saint, you know, I need five days in, in, in the office. I can't afford for them to be out of the office on a Wednesday because of commitments, whatever it happens to be. 
and then overnight, you know, secure VPNs are set up and everyone's doing it. So we know the landscape is going to be different. How different it's going to be or when it's going to be is the when's petrifying. Um, how it looks, I think it's going to be good. Let's hope everyone has a lot more and a ton of compassion for, for everyone else. But, um, but if we can package up exactly the, the, the whole life cycle of the process, um, then, then and that's exactly what I'm working towards as well. Then there is no reason why you can't, you know, have a team remotely exactly following your processes because they don't know. It doesn't matter where they are because they can do it effectively. Hundred percent. So what? So yeah, paint the picture then for the future. What What does Bailey Jude look like in your in your North Star vision now? So still finalising uh, the the long vision, but um, it, it for, for me it's I mean I mean a real just just a balance between I still have the hunger despite everything that's happened I still have the hunger to to want to work with people and enable um, my market to be as strong as it it, it can be because of, of, of my background but the, the way it looks is certainly not to have a physical office spaces now my my goal is to I'd love to get to you know a team of ten and within that ten ten have you know, a real leader in terms of someone on the finance side, you know, someone that can make sure the operations is absolutely spot on. So I, I know I'm a holder. I hated giving anything away to anyone. So even to the point up until like, you know, a year and a half ago, I was doing my own VAT returns, like ludicrous because for me, I'm like, well, I'd rather do it. I'd rather stay up like late and input all this, all, all, all the receipts rather than giving it to my accountant that would have said to me, look, it's 140 quid a quarter. Like, just do it. So it wasn't even a cost thing. It's like, no, that's what I'm good. I'll do it. And then suddenly when I look at all the other little things that I was not giving away, not appreciating my time value because I'm like, no, I'll do it because it's going to take me long enough for, to explain it to you. And actually if you mess up, I'm going to be frustrated. But now that's one thing I'm definitely making sure that I change is I call in the resources of people that actually do the job day to day and let them take on that, that part of it. And then I just continue to build the business. Um, so it's, it's not a, it's not a, a North, it's not a, it's not a statement. It's not, I've not kind of eloquently put it down other than the fact I still love what I do. I still want to have a, a build a team. It's going to be a remote team that I build. Um, and I'm, I continue to collaborate with other industry or other leaders in the industry. So, which is a big plus for me. And what, what uh, I want to ask is, I, I see your stuff a lot around the, you being a father, and how how do you um, how do you see the business helping you be the best father you want to be? Because I think you know there's a lot of people out there who, who are going to launch recruitment companies now and in the future because of that work life balance. They're going to see the fact that you know I don't want to be on someone else's clock if I've got a young child growing up. How have you? How does how does it enable you to be the father you want to be? Does it? Is it has it helped you in that way? I think it it, it has. So so there's two things that number one, you obviously got the pressures when it's your own business to make sure that you know you're no one's payroll but but yourself. You got all your outgoings that you need to make sure you get covered, and obviously. It, it, it that's always the biggest pressure. Whereas actually if I'm working for someone, then I've got, you know, you know, I've got my paycheck coming in each month. As long as I do my job effectively and I hit my KPIs, then I'm good. But then you've got to then put into play, well, actually then the, the balance of lifestyle, which is I, I know that I'm only going to get 18 summers with him. Like, like if you like, so how long have you been married now? A year. Next year. 
I bet it feels like yesterday, but that year's flown by. Mm. And I, the way I look at it, I've got 18 of those. I've only got eight left. He's 10. I've only got eight of those left before he, he don't want to go away with his dad. You know, it's like that day you're embarrassing. That's it. I'm just yeah. going to go away with the boys or the girls, whatever it happens to be. So knowing that I can utilize that time to, 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 to be present with him, not just be in his life. And, I, and I've been, I was massively guilty. Like I'd be at home when I used to come home from work, but I, I could have been, I could have been still in the office because he, he wouldn't have noticed because I just wasn't, I wasn't with him. I wasn't present with him. So I think anyone, and I know we're talking about people with families now, but even, even just for you to be, you know, with someone by yourself, it just, it just drives down where, where, where you want to go. Do you really want to have what may feel like an absolutely pain to go, right, I've got to set up something. I've got to get all these processes in place, et cetera, et cetera. But actually that freedom and knowing that we are, as I say, living in a different world now, that freedom to go, you know what? I can make it work. You still got to be, you still got to be as determined and as uh, resilient um, or so regimented in terms of how you do things, whether or not you're working for someone else or, or, or your own business. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. But one thing I'm definitely going to say with that, I didn't, when I was going through a tough time, utilize my senior recruitment contacts. Um, and I know that, like, for, for me, that I've always based it on three things, know, like, and trust. If I know you and I like you, I'm going to trust you. So I, I know that I'm liked. I'd like to think I'm liked. But I didn't, I didn't leverage off of my relationships enough. So anyone that is thinking about going into it, definitely talk to old bosses, people that have run businesses, you know, old managers, just anyone or yourself or, you know, the part of the TRN even better, but just leverage off of those wisdoms that these guys and girls can give you because it will make a difference. And it may make the difference for you to say, oh, actually, yeah, I didn't realize I had to do that. That's a bit, bit, bit too much. Or it may be just enough to get you over the edge for you to start something. So true. I remember we got our first office in East London and I don't know, we didn't, we didn't ring our old boss to ask anything about it. And when we went for a beer with him and he was like, he asked us about the deal and that, and he was like, did you get any months free at the start? And I was like, we were like, what? And he was like, commercial leases, like you, you always negotiate a few months rent free because you commit. To, I was like, didn't know. That. I thought it was like, you know, like getting a flat. You don't get a flat and, and ask for the first few months free. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, why don't you fucking ring me? I was like, I don't know, a bit proud, I think. Um, I think when you leave a business, you, you want to show you can do things on your own, you know, and you, you are boy pants. Yeah, and obviously, especially when you leave a business where, you know, you were, you were a key member of staff, you feel a bit, there's always a bit of guilt there as well, like, you know, because you, you left their, their baby. And um, so I, I, I 100% agree. If you're going to do it, be prepared for the pros and the cons. But also, you know, um, leverage other people's experience. Otherwise, you just you can make mistakes that you don't need to make. Absolutely, um, David, you're you're um, a genuinely uh, open guy, and I love that about you. I, I think uh, this episode not only have I enjoyed it, I think a lot of people will enjoy it. Um, are you? I know you will, but are you genuinely? Have you got the time for people to reach out? Because I think there'll be a lot of people that will want to talk to you after this and, and find out. A bit yeah, ma- massively. I've. Um... I've always been, so I, I look at inspiration as a contact sport. So the more contacts I can have, the more touch points I can have with people in or out of the industry is, is always a, a big thing. But I, I love hearing people's stories as well. And so massively up for anyone to, to reach out. I know my details will be tagged below, but, um, but that's what we need to do. You know, we, this is now the time for us to just to share 
and collaborate ideas. We know it's competition and all that stuff. But some of the some of the chats I've had, Sean, with people that can be viewed as my competitors that have literally given me their secret sauce, and I've given them some stuff back. But that for me, that just shows where how intelligent this this industry is, because there's enough out there. But it's all about the reputation we have and we want to build, not. You know, as we've already said, you know, some, you know, the sharks are just going to go in and, and, you know, take, you know, Rob Peter to pay Paul. So, yeah, we'd, we'd love to, we'd love to connect to anyone that uh, wants to, even if they want some grooming tips, you know, how to, how to dye a beard effectively, you know. I'm, I'm there. You want to keep that beard in shape. Well, look, uh, David, you're a gent, mate. Thanks so much. And sure, uh, thanks, let's, buddy. Let's get you back on again in the future and we'll find out how things have progressed. I, I, I'm, I'm confident it's going to be a, it's going to be a positive one for you. Lovely. Really appreciate it. Thanks for your time, mate. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Um, always value every single one of you taking the time out of your day to listen to the show. Um, as, I, as I say on nearly every day, you know, I don't ask for any money for you to listen, but I do ask you to share this episode. So get on LinkedIn, put out your comments if you've enjoyed it. Tag David in that. Tag me in it. Um, also, put it in WhatsApp or email to people that you think would benefit because... There's always, we all, everyone in this industry knows somebody else who's got aspirations to be an owner or is already in that position. Um, and together we'll, we'll learn more. We'll, we'll, you know, contact support. I thought that was great. And, and this is hopefully a daily contact for you to, to, to learn from. Um, in the meantime, though, um, I'll be back again tomorrow with more insights. But you stay safe. And I'll, uh, I'll see you all soon. This podcast is brought to you by Hoxo Media. We are the world's number one inbound marketing agency exclusively focused on helping the recruitment industry. Myself and my business partner started the business in 2017, having been recruiters for seven years before. We felt that the recruitment industry back then needed to change and that marketing was going to play a huge role in the way that new and existing recruitment organizations won business and stood out in such a crowded marketplace. In three years, We've now worked with over 200 organizations around the world. We reach a huge audience with both this podcast and content online. And we have over 55 recruitment agencies right now. We're managing the marketing force. So that involves strategy, content creation, distribution, systems process, and leads generated. Having been recruiters and marketeers, we can not only build your brand, but we're also able to connect it to your sales team and ensure that leads are generated as a result of marketing. There's a clear ROI that leads to sales activity. But we also understand recruitment businesses. That's small businesses, medium-sized businesses, large businesses in all sectors. We understand you, we've done the job, and we can build campaigns that are super relevant to what you need as a business right now. We've also recently launched the Hoxo Academy, which is designed to help recruitment owners, recruiters and marketeers learn from the work that we do so that you can action some of this stuff in-house on your own. The Academy has been launched in May 2020 and has already had an amazing uh, response from the market and it's only going to grow one way. So if you're interested in either having Hoxo support you build your marketing as a, as a supplier that acts as part of your team or you want to be trained by us on how to do it yourself, then get in touch. Visit www.hoxomedia.com and register your interest on our homepage. We will then get back to you within 24 hours and arrange uh, an introductory call. Thanks again for listening to this show. Every single one of you means so much and we will see you again soon.